Fucking horny today, boys. (laughs) Tiger Woods won his first tournament in five years. The Browns have won a game. And Pac-12 football has entered conference play. What a time to be alive. Ain't that the fucking truth, man? I mean, think think about this. Like, just, just, just take the last, like, 48 hours and just try to yeah, have you, it hasn't even it hasn't even sunk in with me yet, Pony. I mean, Tiger Woods is back on top. The Americans are going to go beat the bad Europeans over on enemy territory in Paris, right? I mean, you got the Ryder Cup, we got college football, we got Oregon. It fucking sucks. I hate Oregon now. I mean, let's 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 get it going, man. <laughs> okay, we're gonna go. We're gonna start. We're gonna start chronologically. We're gonna start Friday. And then all the way through the slate, there were four games. Is there, Do we even want to talk about the Mountain West at all? Yeah. We, um, you know what? Uh, well, we didn't have a fucking podcast, but, you know, Eastern Michigan covering the San Diego State thing, I think it's worth a mention, you know, and Air Force gets a backdoor against Utah State. But that's probably about all you want to say about the Mountain West. To be totally honest with you, if you were on either one of those two dogs, um, Eastern Michigan played San Diego State uh, tight to overtime. It was a letdown game as expected. And Air Force got a late touchdown on a <laughs> on a fumble on a kickoff that managed to get them squeezed inside the number. So that's about it for Mountain West, I would okay. say. Okay. So then let's jump right into WSU going to the Coliseum on Friday. Uh, first Friday Pac-12 game of the year. Um, you had a... An intriguing matchup of a USC team that had had two road games in a row before, lost at Stanford, close 17 to 3, and then got the doors blown off them in Austin, which now isn't looking like as bad of a loss because Texas might be turning the corner and looking pretty good on their end. Um, a WSU team coming in that is was 3 and 0 wasn't tested at all um and really both teams showed some good stuff and then both teams showed some it the pac-12 as a whole looks to me like a conference that's just going to beat up on each other the entire year and there's not going to be the national the national narrative at the end of the year is going to be the pac-12 sucks mainly because there aren't there isn't an elite team but with the exception of Oregon State and UCLA, everybody can beat each other. Very fair statement. Would totally agree with that. Yeah, that was a that was a game that I, I remember. I, I say the text when SC ran five running plays to start the game, goes down the field, scores, and I'm like, oh man, you know, is this uh, is this a sign of what's to come uh, the rest of this game? But I mean, it, it was a weird game, right? Because I don't think. I expected Washington State's secondary to be so poor. I mean, that was the thing. What I took away from it was Washington State's secondary was really poor, um, aside from the explosion plays and aside from all the penalties. I mean, 
J, you know, JT Daniels was comfortable and, 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 and really when they were down 11, you know, that drive right before halftime where they get points, you know, when they probably that touchdown in the corner could have been overturned. It was iffy, but I mean, that was the thing for me that, you know, for Washington state to win that game, um, you know, they couldn't get off the field in, in some key situations. And then, you know, on the, on the flip side, Washington state's offense looked great. So I don't know what to make of USC's defense. So I think you're right. I think if anything that you, that you pull from this is neither team's very good and they're about like everyone else in the PAC 12. And so it's going to be carnage on a weekly basis. I think it's just, everyone's going to beat everyone and no one's going to look really good at the end of the year. And <laughs> that's, that's just kind of my gut, you know, gut reaction to everything I saw on Friday night. I mean, I mean here's what, here are like the two main takeaways I saw one. If USC plays motivated, and really wants to play, which you saw that like on the drive that you you talked about, the very first drive, those five running plays, they came out and attacked it, as they were violent on the line of scrimmage, and it was clear that they were going to send a message. If they play like that, they will win the South. They Agreed. have they have the you saw on display on offense, especially when JT Daniels, because he was comfortable, you saw the absolute playmakers that they have that really nobody else in the conference has They're like, yes. And Keel Harry is a beast at Arizona state, but for them, like nobody has a collection of playmakers like what USC has on the flip side, the, the one takeaway positive takeaway you take from WSU, their offense is really good. Like you and I have watched them now, like since Leach has been there for the last seven years, this to me is by far their best offense as a whole that I've seen. Yeah. It's really complete. I would agree with that. I think Minshew is like the perfect leech quarterback. Couldn't agree we, more. We're so used to seeing Luke Falk hold the ball, you know, for an absurd amount of time, which led to sacks, which reflected poorly on the offensive line. You know, Minshew gets the ball out. And they've got guys that can, you know what? I said before the pod, you know, before the game, I want to see if Washington State's guys could get open. Well, they can. I mean, they, they, they got some guys in space that are really hard to cover. And then, you know, Max Borgie – hand the ball off to him and you know he's he ran a safe couple safeties over i mean they've got a nice blend i mean they're gonna score points i just they can't stop anybody they can't stop anybody and so then like for wsu on defense the really you know you talked about the secondary but then is the question is it the secondary or is it because the only way they could apply pressure was it wasn't the front four there was no way the front four was getting pressure even when they blitzed one they weren't getting pressure the only way they got pressure to him is when they blitzed six which is a scary if, if that's the way it is for wsu they're gonna be playing big 12 shootout football for the rest of the year and it's gonna be the last team who has the ball every fucking game on if they win it or not yeah i mean it leaves your corners on an island and which, which is saw- what happened yeah you saw that, you know, there's just an athletic difference with our, with the WSU cornerbacks and the USC wide receivers, even though I'm pretty sure every receiver was a freshman or sophomore right. on USC. But they're just, you know, they're, are, are, you know the WSU guys are smaller. And, yeah, it's going to put them in some tough spots. I mean, if they can't find a way. And here's the worst part. They have no depth on that defensive line. Right. So <laughs> that's the, the best season, you saw <laughs> the season. Well, yeah. I mean, so you have the injury bug and just general fatigue from the season. God dang. I don't, you know, come November, man, it, it could be really ugly on that side of the ball um, for, for WSU. And I'd probably say like one last takeaway from the game. If you look at USC's schedule, they don't play Washington. 
They don't play mm-hmm. Oregon. They've already played mm-hmm. Stanford. And with the exception of they still have to play Cal, which we don't know who Cal is, but Cal does have a win against BYU, which BYU went to Wisconsin and won there. And we'll see how that BYU team does in Seattle this weekend. But USC has such an easy schedule coming up that uh, they are very much in the mix. I mean, the, the the South, I think this is going to be the narrative every week, but the South is just wide open with everybody with the exception of UCLA has a chance to win it. Yeah, I, I think what I think I was th- we were talking about this yesterday, but the more I thought about it, I think it probably is a USC or Arizona State only because I don't think US, uh, sorry, Utah can score enough to beat either one of those teams. Agreed. Like, I, I don't know if they can muddy the game up. And even when they did it against Washington, they put seven points on the board. Arizona State's got an explosive offense. Clearly, USC, then they're going to get better. That quarterback's just going to get better with more experience. So I could see themselves getting beat in some shootout games where they just can't score enough. So it could very well come down to, to, to ASU and USC. So the next game, now we move to Saturday. Uh, and the first game on the slate was um, Arizona at Oregon State. Uh, we didn't have a podcast. We had technical issues. But in that podcast, I mean, it seemed like I was leaning towards Oregon State. I thought the number was going to go way over because I figured both teams would have a pretty good offense um, and and defense was going to be nowhere to be seen. I still think Arizona's defense is absolute garbage, which tells you how bad of a spot Oregon State's in. Yeah, I mean, clearly I, you were involved in that game um, with, with, with some wagers. I was not, so you, you watched a lot more of it than I did. I did catch some of the second half, and um, yeah, they looked very inept offensively, which is weird because they put 31 points on the board in Columbus against an Ohio state team, um, which probably wasn't motivated. Um, but man, like that's, I actually thought, I mean, there was a lot of, there was a lot of action on Oregon state that pushed that number down underneath the key number of seven. And I think it, what it kicked off at like plus four and a half for, yeah, for, for the beeves four and a half. So, and it never had a chance. I mean, it really, Arizona state got to, or Arizona got to like a two touchdown lead and, and, Cleo Tate still looks, I mean, he's broken. He's not healthy. And, but they just kind of handed the ball off and, you know, got some chunk runs and you you look up and it's 35, 14, kind of a snoozer, but yeah. Yeah. I'm not even sure what, uh, I mean, the only takeaways that I can take from it is, is that Arizona is not a good football team. Oregon state is in contention with UCLA to be one of the worst. Um, Khalil Tate's broken. He is his ankle is clearly bothering him. So there were a couple plays where Oregon State put pressure on him, and in fact, there was one play where he threw it out of bounds, and they called intentional grounding on him. And and it was one of those plays that last year he would have done one of those quick little turnarounds, like what Russell Wilson does, and would have had plenty of um, he'd have wide open space and probably found a guy wide open with two guys behind him but he just doesn't have that ability anymore because it is because of whatever injury he has. So uh, I just think that he, they can get away with that against Oregon state. But I think when they go up against some of the better teams in the PAC 12, 
uh, Arizona's going to get blown out. I don't. I don't think um, after watching Arizona play now for for a few weeks, I, I thought initially it was a schematic thing as to why Khalil Tate was not running. Um, it's pretty clear to me now that he just physically cannot do it. So, um, and when you remove that piece of what what makes him explosive and makes him special. Um, that's a, that's a significant blow to them. And that's an injury that quite frankly, you're not going to, it's not going to heal during the season. So you're just trying to do as much treatment and just play. And it's going to probably get progressively worse. And, you know, it's going to limit him and, and with them having to face some, some teams like Arizona state, um, USC, Colorado, I mean, all three of those teams can put points up. Uh, that's not a good sign for ASU because I'm or sorry, U of A, because they're going to find themselves in shootouts and I'm not sure they can outscore anybody. Yep, yep, I, I would agree with that. Um, so the next game, <laughs> oh, fuck, <laughs> is was was the snoozer of uh, Stanford, Oregon. Uh, at one point, uh, let's see here, Oregon was up thirty-one-seven. Oh wait, that got called back, <laughs> and then the mayhem began. <laughs> so I know that um, I, when I. I was watching the game, so so just to kind of every to give everybody kind of like a uh, where we both were. I was on Stanford. I thought that the big receivers, big tight ends, uh, and just the overall experience of Stanford would would beat Oregon. Uh, and you were on the side of Oregon, saying Justin Herbert is the best quarterback in the Pac-12. The athleticism and everything that they're bringing there, plus that they're at home, that they're going to blow Stanford out. Um, it looked like they were going to blow them out. Stanford was the entire first half. Stanford was slow on defense uh, and really unorganized and and really slow on offense as well of getting anything done. And then the scoop and score happens, and then all mayhem breaks loose. And then at the end of the day, <laughs> Stanford wins in overtime after unexplicably running the ball instead of kneeling the ball like they should have. Oregon, you kneel the ball. I guess they would have had 15 seconds left. I'm always a big fan of snapping the ball and having the quarterback dance around there for two or three seconds and then kneel the ball. And that probably would have done it. But instead, you hand the ball off to a freshman who's trying to get extra yards. Stanford strips it, and the rest is that, as they say, is history of one of the more epic backdoor covers. I can't wait to watch Scott Van Pelt's bad beats tonight because he already previewed it last night that this is like the most epic bad beats he's ever seen. Um. It's right there for me too. I I can't even. I still even today. It's Monday morning. I still cannot figure out how in the hell Oregon loses that game. I mean, there's two minutes and thirty seconds left in the third quarter, and Oregon goes in for a touchdown to go up thirty-one-seven. I turned it off. Right. So I didn't. I didn't see the scoop and score. I didn't know that the kid was marked out at the one-yard line. First and goal from the one. You fumble the, the next snap mm-hmm. back to like – because they're in shotgun. Right. So you fumble it. You're back to the 10. You run a play that gets you nothing. And then on third and goal, snap goes like over Herbert's head. He gets a piece of it. It fucking falls right into a D lineman from Stanford's, you know, into his mitts. And he takes off and goes. And then 
you know, <laughs> fuck. I mean, I was thinking about this at the end of the game. You know, you talk about the fumble and a freshman trying to get more yards. I mean, shit, you know, like you said, if you take knees and there's 10, 11, 12 seconds left, whatever it is, I'd snap the ball. I'm not lying to you. I thought about this. Here's what I do. Because the ball is like at the Stanford 40. Right. I'm going to snap it back to a punter or anyone back there. And I'm going to tell that dude to turn and run as fast as he fucking can the other direction and run through the fucking end zone into the tunnel. Because that's going to take that's going to take seven, eight seconds. I mean, there's so many ways. And I know that that staff is today, like, I'm sure they're just sick to their stomachs. And then and then the kicker for me is, and, and you know, betting on these games and, and seeing these games go, you knew when it went to overtime, Oregon was hosed. They Gone. had no chance. Um and I, I really think the icing on the cake and the real kind of kick in the dick, um, as you and I have talked about, <laughs> was the terrible fucking pass by KJ Costello to the tight end, where the tight end reaches back with his right hand and like he's with a bunch of junior high kids, taps it up to himself and then catches it amidst like three Oregon players. Like, you know, it it's it's unreal. I mean, Oregon looked every bit of a of a top, you know, of, of really probably the best team honestly, in the Pac-12 for three quarters. They dominated the line of scrimmage. Stanford couldn't run the ball. You know, they could not handle um, Oregon's speed in the skill positions. Defensively, they were a step behind. I mean, they looked to be so ordinary. And, you know, I think I I texted you a lot of you know expletives after that game about how I was going to, like, take out a second mortgage to, to, to bet on Notre Dame this week against Oregon. And what sucks about it is I looked at power ratings and – and that, that line is like right exactly where it should be. It's sitting at, at uh, Notre Dame minus four. So there's really not any value taking the Irish. But And God. and to be honest, my guess is, is that it's probably going to move up. Because once again, you have back-to-back road games. Stanford played a very tough, exhausting game at Oregon. And then now they have to go to South Bend. I mean, what, what sucks is for the, for the Pac-12 is, is that – uh, what sucks is for the Pac-12 is is that we're going to be back on the national stage again, just like what UW was against Auburn, and Stanford's going to get blown out by Notre Dame. I I, I said this to you yesterday. I, Stanford and LSU are the two worst top ten teams. They're not top ten teams. Stanford's not a top ten team. They're 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 really not. Um, I I mean I fully expect them to get blown out, but I mean, is this just one of those years where shit just falls in there? I mean. I don't know what the probability was of winning that game because even when um, they scored the touchdown and then kicked and then Oregon fumbled, I mean, there was two minutes left and they were down 10. I mean, I mean, fuck, then they had to go the length of the field and get a field goal with no timeouts, even with, what was it, 45, 50 seconds yep, left. Yep, I mean, yep, yep. everything that had to go their way did. And, you know, fuck, man, I just – I mean, I, I think it's a bad spot for Stanford, you know, but we'll see. I mean – we get later in the week and do the podcast. We'll see where the numbers are at at that point. But I mean, I mean, here here's what I took away from the game was if you're Oregon, I mean, it's it's a brutal loss, and we're gonna see what this Oregon team's really made out of because unfortunately they have to follow that brutal loss and go to Cal, and Cal has been playing good football. Cal had a week off to prepare for this Oregon attack, and Oregon better watch out. But on the flip side. Oregon is so lucky that Taggart went to Florida State 
Cristobal is by far the best coach for that situation right now. That he is a great. I think he's going to be a great head coach for them, and I think they have a really good staff. I mean, I think from top to bottom, they probably have the best coaching staff in the Pac-12. So they're in good shape moving forward. And I think these are some of the things that when you have a team that hasn't won for a while, I mean, everybody remembers Oregon and the Chip Kelly years, but the problem is it's been about three or four years. This entire team, maybe as freshmen, knew what it was like to win, but there's a lot of kids on this team that have been on pretty mediocre to bad Oregon teams. So there's there's things that teams have to go through to learn how to win, and unfortunately, this is just a bad example. On the Stanford side, there really wasn't much that I didn't learn that I that I already knew already, if that makes sense, or did I even said that right? But Stanford's size is going to create mismatches all the way through. That's their advantage. The only thing that surprised me on it is that during that first half, Oregon was playing fast, and they were making Stanford look really slow on defense. In fact, I mean, I think I even texted you, has Stanford even seen a read option before? Because they were just getting slashed by it. And teams in this day, 10 years ago, you understand it. This day, those defensive, especially for a team like Stanford that has nothing but juniors and seniors, that shouldn't be the issue. So, uh, Oregon's I, got a new level of toughness that they haven't had. Yes, couldn't agree more. That, that's the biggest thing that I noticed that Crystal Ball brought. Yep. Physical toughness in the trenches on both sides of the ball. Yep. And I can't, I'm really intrigued on, on the Oregon team. We're going to see how tough they are mentally when they go to Cal. But that's a tough spot. It's that's... such a tough spot. And then I think, I mean, the one that I can't wait for is I can't wait for Washington going into Autzen. They're going to have a bye before that game. And it is going to be, that is such a nasty rivalry. And it is going to be, uh, that atmosphere is going to be off the charts. Yeah, I mean, if hey, if, not to get in the weeds on that game, but you got to think if Washington cannot run the football, they're in a tough spot. I mean, yeah. I don't see how they can score because Oregon can score through the air and they can run it too. I mean, it's funny, this Oregon-Cal game, was it two years ago? It set the record for the highest over-under total to ever go off pre-kickoff. It was 90. Oh, my when, God. And that was a game Justin <laughs> Herbert played in. I remember that game was like, I think I bet it live at like under 103 or something. It was just back and forth. This was back when obviously um, – uh, was it Sonny Dykes was at uh, – Right, at Cal. Was at Cal. Then. And it was just – it was just, I think Davis Webb was the quarterback for Cal then. It was just – like if you had the ball for two minutes and you didn't score, like something was wrong. It was a crazy game. But this will be a lot different because Cal's got some toughness to him too. But, man, that's a tough spot for Oregon. But you're going to find out how resilient they are, I guess. Yeah, and, and we're going to see, you know, I have, unfortunately, I wasn't able to watch when Cal beat BYU. So I'm really intrigued to see this. Uh, I'm, I'm intrigued to see this game because I want to see what this Cal team, who this Cal team is. Um, Line currently sits at Cal plus three, open to Cal plus three and a half. So um, a little bit of, a little bit of money on Cal in the opening numbers, but, you know, still really early in the week. Right, right. So then the final game, the, the final game, was Arizona State going to Seattle playing Washington. Arizona State coming off of the uh, tough loss at San Diego State, uh, which was their first one. So this is this would have been their back-to-back road games here going to Seattle. Uh, and then Washington, after some pretty easy games following the week one Auburn loss, 
Uh, this was kind of their next next big test. Um, and the funny stat was is that we had talked about this before. Arizona State in the last 12 meetings had won 11 of those meetings against Washington, which is just a crazy stat. Uh, Washington wins this one 27-20, but I came away really more impressed about Arizona State than I really was about Washington in this game. Agreed. Yeah, I, I the, the 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 Washington offense still seems to kind of be stuck in second gear, um, you know. And, and ASU, there was a couple times that ASU kind of folded up and and called it a day, and and that game could have gone gotten out of hand. But you know, they've got some playmakers, uh, especially quarterback and wide receiver, and and I give you know give their defense some credit too for keeping them around. But they were right; there was a one score game. It's an easy play at plus 18 on ASU. I mean, all they ever do is cover against Washington. So, and I think I texted you at halftime, like there's no way that Washington wins this by multiple scores. So I know we both got down on the second half on ASU and that was a pretty, uh, pretty easy winner on that one. But uh, yeah, there, I was more impressed with Arizona state as well, just because like, as you mentioned, the, the back-to-back road games and a tough loss against you know, San Diego state, um, you know, so I, if anything, it just shows that Washington is so much more beatable than, than I previously thought. Yeah, I mean, there. Make no mistake about it. Washington's defense is absolutely elite, and uh, secondary is ridiculous. The secondary is ridiculous, and the way that they the way that they hit, and they they have a violent way of playing defense that nobody else in the Pac-12 does. Uh, so they will, they will punish you. So they are, and when they go against some of these spread teams and things like that, I mean, it's why Washington beats WSU every year is because they just play a violent level of a secondary that spread teams just don't like to go up against. Uh, but Washington's Achilles heel is their, is their offense. And in fact, in Seattle media this morning, um, they were talking about how great of a bounce back game Jake Browning had. And I'm just like, did we watch the same game? I mean, he is a, he is a senior. There are playmakers on that team and they they're struggling to get uh, there. They're, they're just, they're struggling to get points. And that's where they're going to get tripped up is that there's going to be a game where the defense has a couple lapses and the offense won't be there. Uh, it'll be a combination where the defense isn't as elite for some reason that game and the offense continues to be mediocre at best. And that's when they'll get tripped up. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I would go on a limb and say that that Oregon-Washington game could very well determine who represents the North. Because I still I, – I think Stanford's going to get tripped up a couple places in conference. I really do. Um, they just have too many words for me. Maybe not. Hell, we could see a three-way tie in the North. You know, potentially. I mean, I could see all three of these teams kind of beating each other, and you know, it'll be really interesting. But I think one thing's for certain: Pac-12 is not getting anybody in the college football playoff this year. I think <laughs> not, that's a not even certainty. close. Not even close. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it, it's such a. I mean, and, and the thing is, is and what's tough is, is that it's not like it's a question about who the best team is. This is one of those years where the entire world knows who the best team is. So everybody's kind of playing for second, second place. But the problem is, is that if you don't get a team in that college football playoff, there is a significant amount of money that the conference loses. And 
Um, this will this will be two years in a row where the Pac-12 does not get anybody there. And really, for the most part, I mean, they we've been we're really the we're being considered nationally the fringe Power Five conference, where we're better than the Group of Five, but we're not as good as the rest of the Power Five conferences. And I'm not sure. I don't agree with that, mainly because I think it's the SEC and everybody else right now. Um, the ACC is absolutely awful, with the exception of Clemson. Uh, Big Ten has shown that they're really uh, Michigan State, uh, Michigan, Penn State, and Ohio State. I mean, they do have some teams there, and then I don't think the Big Twelve is that good either, with the exception of Oklahoma. But um, it's cyclical. It, it's you, you know you're around this enough and you know that stuff changes over time. There was a period where, you know, back in the BCS days where USC was untouchable, you know, and just right now that, you know, the, the balance of power is, is in the SEC and, you know, it's going to be like that for a while, but you know, the PAC 12 will bounce back. I mean, I, I think crystal ball is going to get Oregon back to an elite program. I think Washington will continue to be an elite program. Um, and I think whether or not it's Clay Held or someone else, USC certainly recruits well enough that they're going to be in the mix as well. So I, the conference is fine. It's just, you know, we're in just one of those kind of, you know, one of these like downtrodden, uh, you know, cycles right now. So. And, and the bad thing is, is that to me, until someone proves themselves and it probably means of actually going out and winning a national title or at least, at least winning some of these big games, um, the problem is, is that this conference is still viewed as a conference of USC. Yeah. And we're judged by how USC does. And because Washington still like Washington made the college football playoff and then they got blown out by Alabama. They Oregon, Oregon had their little bit of run, but now because they've been down, they're really, they're irrelevant. They tried to come back on the national scene and, <laughs> and fell on their face on Saturday. So it's that that's the tough part is is that our premier marquee program is down right now and there's really nobody else that's been able to truly take the throne nationally to kind of say all right no this is west coast football is just as good as anywhere else usc is the only program to win a national title what in the last 30 years uh washington won in 91 there you go Uh, right but that's it yeah i mean Oregon played for a national title yep. twice. Twice. If you're a fan of parody in college football, you probably want Nick Saban to retire sooner than later. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Because oh, everyone, because the thing is, right? They're the elite program, and everyone in that conference builds a team to beat them. Right. So it it just pulls up the other programs in that conference. I mean, you know, all of his disciples just go off to other. SEC teams like Kirby Smart and you know do do what they do. So I mean they just they're they're just a step above everyone right now. So a real quick look ahead before we finish this up um, is what intrigues you next week as far as uh, the the conference slate. There's a shitload of games of interest in my opinion. Um, Utah going to Washington State's a big one. That number sits at. It's funny. It opened at WSU minus two. I now see WSU plus one. That's a big one for for both those programs. Utah coming off of a bye. 
I, I think um, it would be crazy if if Utah is not favored. Yeah. Yeah, most power ratings I've seen have Utah's slight favorite, so it's not surprising. Especially because they have a bye. They just they're coming off of a bye week week, so they should be well rested, well prepared. Um, and and yeah, with the weakness of the WSU defensive line and how much of a power team they are, or at least try to be, um, that seems to be like I I, I would there's no reason why Utah shouldn't be entering that game as probably about a two point favorite. Yeah. I think the, uh, the game inside that game will be to your point. Can Washington state get off the field against Utah, um, uh, defensively. And then this will be the first kind of real test for that. I think for the, for the Utah defense against a spread team like Washington state. I mean, you, UW was a much different um, threat to them, but given how they were able to, you know, Washington state was able to move the fall, move the ball against um, SC and, and really, really, really proficient in the past. I mean, that's going to put a lot of stress on the, on, the, on those back four of, of Utah's secondary. So, you know, and then they got the home field advantage. They, they've been really tough to beat in Martin Stadium in the last couple of years. So be a good game. Um, Stanford obviously going to Notre Dame has huge, huge national relevance. It's two top ten teams. You know, does does Stanford keep the magic going? I guess will be one to watch there. Uh, um, USC and Arizona are uh, playing down in, in Tucson. I think it'll be interesting to watch that game and see uh, whoever wins that one has a leg up, in my opinion, on the South. Um, I would expect SC to win that one. Oregon going to Cal is another another game that we we previewed earlier that is going to be an interesting one. You know, all these games are like within like a four point spread. I mean, really the only, <laughs> the only stinker is going to be Oregon state going to Arizona state where for what I've seen, uh, Arizona state do, they seem to be much better as far as being focused and playing hard football. Uh, and I can see that game getting out of hand uh, pretty quickly for how they do play hard physical defense uh, and their ability to stretch the ball down the field, I think it's going to be a uh, that's going to be a that's going to be a blowout. But really, after that, and and to be honest, I I would be shocked if Arizona keeps that game close against USC. My guess is the Trojans win that game by ten points or more, because um, I don't respect the Arizona defense, and I think with a hobbled Khalil Tate. Uh, with the ability of USC to rush the paths, uh, r- rush the passer, and have better athletes than what Arizona's come up come up against, it might be very similar to the struggles they had protecting him against Houston. Um, but after that, I mean, my goodness, you have Oregon, California, BYU, Washington, Stanford, Notre Dame, and Utah, Washington State that are going to be going to be very intriguing games with intriguing storylines and honestly don't sleep on that BYU Washington BYU will play hard and they have the Samoans to plug up some of the running lanes and that could be a I'm not saying BYU is going to win that one but I would not be shocked if BYU covers yeah what's 18 and a half right now right that's a big big spread it's a lot of points. Um, I think in the Mountain West, you got one game of note that I would say I don't want to leave them out, but you do have Boise State 
um, off of a bye week after their loss in Stillwater going down to um, Laramie, which I think at the start of the season, a lot of people would have circled that game as potentially the, the, the game that decides who comes out of that side on the Mountain West to, to play for a conference championship. Um, the spread is 16 for a reason. I, I have a feeling that um, it's going to be a long night for, for the Cowboys. Final thoughts on, on the week that was for college football. Old Dominion beats Virginia Tech. There was a lot of there's a lot of carnage this weekend, this past weekend. Mm-hmm. I'm just excited to get um, to get the Roosters take on what what happened over the weekend because um, I think I think the old Roosters cage is going to be uh, going to be pretty good this week. Yeah, I would agree with that. So so with that, maybe let's just transition to uh, this week's version of the Roosters cage. Cue the rooster. Joe Tony's got to be feeling good at the CLC. Oh, that was that. You night. know what was funny though is that uh, that was uh, according to Fox America's game of the week, and yet I'm a Seahawks fan, and uh, my, my my TV was turned on to Tiger. Oh, that was great, Tiger. That was great. Do you know what Tiger did, Rooster? I watched it. Yeah, I watched it. <laughs> I asked you on? what. Do you know what Tiger did? Yeah, he won the tournament. Yeah, he's horny. He's Finished getting ready for a Ryder Cup this week. <laughs> Just a year ago, he was getting a DUI for popping pills. Less than less than five years out from porn stars and hookers and escorts, he's it's the American dream. We all like a we all like a bounce back story. Big fella's got a big fella's got a bad beat, bad beat in the century to talk about. We, we actually already went through the uh, the Oregon Stanford. Did you have any money on that? Yeah, it's, I, on the Roosters uh, crystal ball. That was my. Uh, I went two and one. I yeah, I had I had Oregon oh, plus that, two. That and bad. Yeah, got five pack pack twelve games for you guys. If you want to go four and one, just ask me. All right, <laughs> bring it. I, I was hotter than I was hotter than your high school girlfriend yesterday until until Dalton decided to throw a pick with uh, two minutes to go in the in the Carolina game, and I. I had them teased a plus oh. nine and a half, Oof. and they lose by ten. Go into the now the newest segment, the even newer segment, which which we like to call the Rooster's Crystal Ball, uh, which I need to find a sound for, like maybe like a bong or uh, or some sort of uh, <laughs> dramatic <laughs> entrance. Uh, but we got the we got the Pac-12 games, and and you are already announcing that you're going to go four and one, four and one this week. Okay, I, listen in. Get rich, whatever you need to do. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. First game on the slate is the 0-3 UCLA Bruins at the Colorado Buffaloes. Right now, I got it at 10 points. I, uh, I, I say Ooh. take UCLA. Take the 10. Coming from the Colorado kids, take that's a 10. surprise. Okay. See who's going to win the game, oh. 35-28. Utah at the Washington State Cougs. Cougs. Right now are a plus one. Take the Cougs. And, and and speaking of taking the Cougs, had them outright winning at USC. Great hit by the Rooster. Great hit on money line. Great hit on the road. They, you know they lost, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what I was saying. Okay. You know they lost, right? No, they they covered. They covered. No, they got they covered. No, they covered the three and a half or yeah. whatever. But they didn't win as outright <laughs> underdogs. Right. So, no, no, you're. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, edit. We got to edit that. Right. Fuck yeah, no, we keep part. that thing in there. Oh yeah, we're, we're, we're yeah, we're keeping that in. So, 
<laughs> Moving on. Stanford All right. at Notre Dame. Stanford at Notre Dame. But, hey, you didn't give a pick on Utah, Washington State. Yeah, he did. He said, he said take the Cougs. Oh. Washington State. Here's your uh, the storming Mormons go up to <laughs> Washington as 17-point dogs. Take the Storm Mormons. Stormin. I'm, I'm writing this down. Stormin Mormons. Okay. Got it. Oregon State at ASU. 21 and a half point dogs. Woo. Take, Take the Beavers. The beavers. Bold. Okay. USC at Arizona. My lock yes. of the week in the Pac-12. Take the Trojans. Now we're talking. And for my upset special of the week in the Pac-12, Cal Bears hosting the Oregon Ducks plus three. Take the Outright there. on the money line? Outright <laughs> to win. Yes, sir. <laughs> Twist my arm. Twist my arm. Fresh, so, fresh, let's fresh, recap fresh, those for a second. Fresh off of a Coog money line win cover. Uh, we're going to parlay those winnings right into a Cal money line. All right? <laughs> uh, so to recap, you're going with <laughs> – UCLA with the points. You got yep. Washington State plus one. So clearly you like them to win as an outright home dog. Yes, sir. You're riding the Storm and Mormons. The Beavers yes, from sir. Corvallis. Yes, the fighting sir. Fighting Trojans from SC. So, along with the Fighting Irish. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. And the um, the Cal Golden Bears, huh? There you go. There's a uh, – that's six No, you, you had right? seven altogether because you also took the Oregon State Beavers – uh, surprising the the good folks in uh, Tempe, right? With the points, exactly. We are we got the Rockies here in Denver. We got a seven game homestand. Phillies and Nationals, five and two gets us in the playoffs. Anything below five and two this week, show pony, and you'll see the Colorado Rockies oh. staying home for postseason play. What what said so mm-hmm. you have the Phillies and who? So those aren't, Nationals. but but both those teams are out of the race, correct? They're not playing for anything, okay. nothing but pride. And actually, those you know, typically those are the teams that you want to play are the ones that were in it like a month ago, but are no longer in it because they'll just give up. Whereas you know the teams that are just that are dog shit, they typically you know bring up a bunch of uh, a bunch of minor leaguers and guys that are just trying to make the show. And they're and they're you get a you know squad full of Charlie hustles that may uh, may ruin it for you, right? Scrappy, exactly. So yeah, you're 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 hoping that you get a you're hoping you get a disgruntled right. Bryce Harper on this road trip, you know, some maybe maybe a couple of these Phillies pitchers don't pitch. Do you guys do, do you guys right. avoid um, Scherzer? Look for. A... They do. That's a good question. Ooh, now that's a break. Yeah, but see what the rooster fails to 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 communicate to the to the listeners at home is that the Rockies are currently not in the playoffs, so they are trailing, and they are chasing a bunch of teams in front of them. So, Roosters five and two proclamation. There's 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 some things that have to happen with the Cardinals, the Brewers, the Dodgers that have to also tip Cubbies. the scales. Well, the Cubbies are in. So you just. In fact, I was just having an off-air conversation. The rooster told me he thinks the Brewers are going to lose out. Oh, so. <laughs> team with 89 team with 89 wins is going to lose out this week <laughs> they're just show points, show points here. So, 
I tell you what, if, if, if only I had just a little more faith in the Roosters crystal ball predictions, I could make a lot of money in this next week. Oh, I'm telling you. I'm between telling you, the, five and between two, fading, the, wins fading the Brewers, betting hard on the Rockies, because, you know, you got you to gotta think if you're going to go five and two, you're going to get a profit out of that if you just do money line all the way through. Uh, yeah, and, sure. and then uh, and then just roll right. all that into uh, Friday night's tilt tilt in uh, Boulder uh, on the Bruins. Woo, Friday night, you, you <laughs> said it when you said it right there. Friday yeah. night under the lights, yeah. I forgot about that. Friday night under the lights in Boulder, coming down the Flatirons on Highway 36. You Ooh, are on the record in the last rooster's cage show that colorado was going to win the pac-12 south are you still firm on that prediction i am i am i was i'm firm on it and i, and I believe i said that the pac-12 north uh, and, he, and you guys let me you let rooster right. know they're in, in the south so no i am very firm on very it now firm now what would you say who would you say is is colorado's best win so far, or right. for the season, I think I think, I think that's the same thing. Closer two in the same, right? <laughs> well, they, they haven't played anybody. They 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 beat Nebraska, who was zero and three. They beat New Hampshire, who we didn't even know had a bat football team, and uh, they beat Colorado State, who who's terrible. So, I I gotta tell you, the rooster rooster doesn't have really any Pac twelve ties like you two. I. I I'm not high on. The yeah, well, and that's year. and that's something we actually discussed earlier in the uh, the podcast. Is is what's unfortunate is is that after watching Oregon and Stanford and seeing Washington, I mean, you know, you got to give credit to Arizona State for playing Washington hard, but really the the, the story that came out of that is is that Washington's beatable. So this looks like a conference that's just going to beat up on each other, and and I think the conference champ is going to have you know two losses at least. Is is Rooster allowed to ask questions, or am I just a uh, am I just a, a sit backer order taker? Well, what's and, funny uh, is is that it sounds like the Rooster just asked the question. Um, so yes, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, okay, I'm curious as to why Washington State would be a home dog. Um, I mean, like, so what? My my gut reaction is is that I think WSU should be no less than a two point dog. Or more, so I think they. I think that line should be somewhere between two. I don't see it going all the way up to three because then I think there, there would be some serious value. But I, I think the WSU is so thin, both in weight and depth chart wise, on their defensive line that it is going to cause problems for WSU for every game moving forward. And, and you saw that against USC of not being able to put pressure on JT Daniels. And when he's comfortable, like any of these quarterbacks in this conference, when they're comfortable, they're going to be able to make plays. And that's what WSU is going to run into. So um, I, I, I think it's going to be a, we'll see. Uh, it's going to be an interesting test. I mean, this is a, this is a really important game for both programs. It should be noted that, Washington State actually opened as a two-point favorite, Brewster, and it's been bet back to now Utah minus one. So there's some money coming in on the Utes. Right. Good. You answered that. Second question that I have for you guys, uh, either one of you is, does UCLA have any chance of pulling off the home upset or the road upset at CU? I don't think so. 
They're a fucking train you wreck. Know, you know, Chip Kelly, at some point, he's had a, a week off to prepare. At some point, you like, you know, guys, guys are going to buy in, right? I mean, there's enough talent on that team that something's going to change, right? Uh, but until I see it, if, if the same UCLA team comes out that played against Cincinnati, Oklahoma, uh, and Fresno State, if that team shows up in Boulder, CU wins by 17 or more. Last question for you, fellas, is why why is Arizona a – I believe they're a home dog to U.S. – or excuse me, are they, they're a home favorite to um, USC. Am I right about no, that? No, they're, they're an underdog. They're, they're an underdog. It's only right. three, though, right? Isn't USC a much better team than Arizona? Remains to be seen. That's the thing about the Pac-12 this year. You look at all the lines, with the exception of uh, the Oregon State game and then the CU one, there's about eight, uh, ten teams are all about the same. And that's why every spread is like three or less, in my opinion. And that's probably what you're going to see quite a bit when all these teams – I mean, I can tell you that I will have I will have definite money on USC. Until Arizona proves something to me, I think Arizona's defense is absolutely dog shit, and I think USC, as long as they're comfortable with, as long as they're comfortable on offense, they're gonna they're gonna put up points and and put way more up than what Arizona can muster. So I I think that's uh, it's it's one of those lines that honestly it's kind of a little weird to look at because it seems a little too easy. One last question for you. And then we're going to wrap this. Then we're going to wrap it up. Yes, sir. This is going to be kind of a, uh, this, yes, sir. a, a uh, like a, a curveball question for you. <laughs> would you rather, which one would you rather do? Uh, fish for a great, great white shark or hunt a grizzly bear. Fish mm-hmm. for a great white shark. <laughs> no, thank you. Okay. <laughs> no, thank you. So, hey, I always said if you're going to be a bear, there we be go. A fucking grizzly bear. So <laughs> right there bear. it is, ladies and gentlemen. The rooster's cage. Have a great week, boy. Thank you for listening to the HFV podcast, your source for West Coast athletics. Follow us on Twitter at HFV Sports and look for podcasts each week on Monday and Thursday.